Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I've got more tonight than what I know what to do with. So we're going to try to get through it all tonight because we're going to end our section on children with tonight, one way or the other. So uh, even if I have to leave out some things. But if we have time, I only had one question turned in to me so far. And if we get to it, fine. If we don't, I'll just talk to that person individually. But um, let me just start out by, by telling you something that I, that I discovered here in the last few days. I was listening to a minister on TV. And um, I was busy doing something. I thought, well, you know, let me tell you, I know their program is on this, about this time of day, so I'll, I'll turn this on and I'll listen while I'm doing what I'm doing. And um, they were talking about, you know, the f- home, parenting, that kind of thing. And he, was, he started off talking about how, you know, driver's ed, you know, you take your kids and you put them in driver's ed because you know, his last two children are about to be of driving age. And uh, he's talking about how uh, that driver's ed will increase the probability of success for your child as a driver. But there, are, but there are no promises that if you, they do everything, you do everything right to train them how to drive, that they're not going to have a crash one day. And then he turned right around and said this. I had to go to the website and get this. He said, there are no promises as a parent that you do everything perfect, and there are no perfect parents, he said, but if you did... There's no promises that they're going to turn out to be the people who can lead themselves well. But you can increase the potential and probability a great deal by following God's design. I went, are you kidding me? Are you, there are no promises? Are you kidding me? I need to send this man back to school. I need to have him come sit down here for a lot. Made me so mad I couldn't hardly stand it. I couldn't wait till I could get hold of pastor and tell him about this. He says there are no promises to you as a parent that if you do your job as a parent that your children will be a success. You can only increase the potential and the probability. That is so not true. Now, who can give me one scripture that defaults that? Train up a child. See, you know that. Proverbs. So I'm kind of stoked tonight on that one. Because he used this scripture, a scripture from Isaiah that says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled. That was his scripture to base that on. And I'm thinking, dear God, man, go to Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Seems to me that that's a promise. Besides, like Pastor said, you can have what you say. That's what the New Testament tells us. You can have what you say. You know, in Genesis, it says, you know, God's talking about about Abraham. He says, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. And Joshua, Joshua said this. This This isn't a place where you as a parent need to have your expectations high. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's your expectation as a parent? What is your expectation? No matter if they're little bitty or if they're big, what is your expectation of your children? Sometimes we decide that our expectations just, well, you know, I'm not going to expect that because, I mean, that's just kind of like, 
you know, that's just, you know, kids are kids, teenagers are teenagers, and, you know, you all go through this rebelliousness when they're teenagers, and you go through the terrible twos, the horrible threes. Whoever said they had to be the terrible twos? Whoever said there had to be the horrible threes? Whoever said there had to be some problem with the teenage years? God didn't. God did not. I did not raise my children expecting them to be terrible when they were two. I did not raise my children to expect trouble when they were teenagers. You will have what you expect. What do you expect out of them? Can you see I'm a little fired up? It just made me just, it made my blood boil to say, there's a man, and I was telling Kendra about this today, and she said, that right there is exactly the reason why I quit going to church. Because they're telling you you to do all this wonderful stuff, but you know, in the end, you know, you, you can't guarantee anything. Well, if you can't guarantee me anything, why am I coming to church? Why do I even want to even talk about serving God? If I can't be guaranteed of an outcome when I serve him, why would I want to serve him? There's a lot of people who don't know, who don't know, who, who expect what the world tells them to expect. Listen, you got to stop listening to what the world says about your kids and how to raise your kids and what to expect out of your kids. And you expect what God says. You can have what you say. Say over your children, my children love God with all their heart. My children will serve God all the days of their lives. My children will be a testimony everywhere they go to the love and the grace and the goodness of God. They will be witnesses everywhere they go. Their heart will be toward people and they will, they will determine that they're going to share the gospel of Jesus with other people everywhere they go. What are you going to say about them? You can have what you say. Now, you're going to have to back it up with your actions. I've told you before, in, any, in anything that we're believing God for, there is a God part, there is a man part. There's a lot of grace people who say that's not so, but it is so. Give and it will be given unto you. It's just as simple as that. There is always a God part and there's always a man part. There's something that you do to make that come to, to fruition in your life. It's God's already set it in motion, but you have to access that thing. Whatever it is, you have to access it. And there are actions you take to access the blessing and the promises of God at every turn for every situation in, in life. We are entrusted by God with the incredible responsibility of raising his children. Because first and more foremost, they are his. He's the one who breathed the breath of life in them. He's the one who put that spirit on the inside of them. They belong to him. But he's entrusted us with those children. They're his and we're to take these God-called people that he's entrusted to us. And we're supposed to raise them in line with the word of God so that they can fulfill the, the divine destiny that God has already ordained for them. That's our job. That is our mandate as parents. You know, so I said this last week, what pastor was, was praying out during prayer on a Monday night a week ago. If it's not the plan of God, there is no future. If it's not the plan of God, there is no destiny. If it's not the plan of God, the pieces will never fit together. We have got to make sure that we do everything in our power to put into them what they need to fulfill the plan of God for their lives. There's a time, there's, there's, a, there's a, a space, a period of time that we have them in our homes that we can influence them greatly. 
We have the most influence on them of anybody will ever have in their entire life as parents. There are people in this world today who are so dysfunctional because of parent issues. Listen, godly parents have the kind of influence that will take them through successfully into adulthood and and beyond. Hallelujah. It matters how we raise them. It matters the example we set before them. You think, well, they're young. They don't notice. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I won't, I won't elaborate on a lot of things. I don't have time for it. It matters that we pray for them. It matters how we pray for them. If we expect them to be leaders when they get grown, we have to show them what leadership looks like. Leadership in the home. That's what they need to see. You know, that we talked about in Proverbs that the word son means really builder of the family name. In the New Testament, we see examples of that when Paul wrote to Timothy. And he says, I see the, the unfeigned faith of your grandmother and your mother. They were building on that family name. And now it came to Timothy. It came to him. I see the faith that's in you because it came from your mother. It came from your grandmother. That's what we're supposed to be doing, building from one generation to another on what God has laid out for them. Hallelujah. Don't let the mistakes of your past affect how you pray for them. Because when you do, you are now praying out of fear, not out of faith. I know what I'm talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully the mistakes we've made in our past will help us examine the pitfalls that the enemy may have in in wait for them. And we can help them, pray for them, guide them, lead them, direct them so that they just go around those same pitfalls. So don't let your mistakes color how you pray for your children. Except in in the area that they're not going to experience what I experienced because I've taken authority over that nonsense because I'm aware of what's going on because I'm spiritually discerning of what the enemy is trying to do in their lives. Hallelujah. Don't let the success of your past cause you to be lax in praying for them. Sometimes they think, oh, well, I was a good kid, you know, and, and you just, you just kind of float. People think, just because I was a good kid, I don't need to be concerned about my kid. Yes, you do. You and your kid are not the same. And the struggles, they may have struggles with things that you never even considered. Don't just think, well, you know, it's it's not a big deal. Yes, it is. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's a big deal. How they think about themselves, how they see themselves, the kind of interactions they have with other people, it all matters. Don't assume that, oh, that, that, my child will never have a problem with that. No, you be listening to what the Holy Ghost has to say. I'm going to say that many times tonight because that is the key to raising godly children is letting the Holy Ghost lead you. Hallelujah. Spend as much time and effort on eternal things as on natural things. What do I mean by that? Listen, sports, education, career, all this kind of stuff, that's all great. But it has no, in and of itself, it has no lasting, eternal value. What education, sports, all those kind of things will do is it will put your children in a place to be an influence. It'll give them a platform from which to influence people for the kingdom of God. That's the eternal things that matter, is they take 
what they, what they have, what they begin to develop in their lives, we call it natural ability sometimes. It's not so much natural because we all know that any ability we have for anything comes from God. But don't pervert it into something that it should not be. Don't let it take the place of more importance in their lives than it needs to have. Is it producing? Will it produce some fruit, some eternal fruit in their lives and other people's lives? You have to stop and take a look at these kind of things. Success is only measured by eternal things. God's version, God's view is only measured by what's, what eternally is done for the kingdom of God. What good is natural or financial success if it doesn't find its use in furthering the ministry of Jesus? If it doesn't find its use in furthering the plan of God? If it doesn't find its use in enlarging the kingdom of God? What good is it? What good is it? I look at the millionaires and the billionaires that are, that are around here today, and I think, you could be doing so much for the kingdom of God. Oh, well, they're doing philanthropic work. You know, they've they're got these foundations, and they're, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. Well, that's all nice. But where is the, the platform for promoting Jesus? Where is that? So when it all comes down to it, all their money they threw into all these foundations and all these good works won't matter to a hill of beans when you look at it from the eternal perspective of God. Not a bit. You know, Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. Listen, you can either give place or you can ignore your place. The devil will fill a vacuum. If a parent doesn't take their, the place that they need to take in a child's life, the enemy will fill it for them. And he'll fill it with other people. He'll fill it with other things. He'll fill it with other thoughts. He'll fill it with other actions. You don't give place to him by not doing your part as a parent. You know, there are some people who have the attitude that, I just gave them to God. No, you gave them to the devil is what you did. You don't ever take your hands off of them, spiritually speaking. You know, as they get older and we, and we send them out into an adult world, you know, we've raised them and, we're, and hopefully they've come to a place, you know, where they function well, that they're, that they're a testimony, you know, of their upbringing, that they're a testimony to the goodness of God, that they're a testimony of the things of God. We put them out there, you know, and we... And we let them go, and we take our natural hands off of them. But you never, ever take your spiritual hands away. They need your prayers till the day you go to heaven. They need those things. And I'm telling you, I suspect that when they become part of that great cloud of witnesses that's up in heaven, that they're still cheering them on. They may not have the, the right and the authority to pray because... They're in a place that's apart from this natural world, and you have to be here to have authority over them in this world. You have to be here. But they're cheering them on. They're aware of the spiritual progress of their children, even when they're in heaven. They're, they're, that, that's the best cheering section I can imagine that's going on up there. Yes, yes, look at what they did. Look at that victory they won. Look at what's happened. Yes, go for it. Go, go. Yeah, they're cheering you on. You know, if they're not here, they're cheering you on. Our job is to teach, to train, to show them how to access all the tools that God 
has given them. Every last one of them. Help them take their place in prayer for themselves. As they get older, teach them how to pray for themselves. Teach them how to believe God for things. You know, I, I remember a number, several years ago, Jack was, I don't know, seven or eight years old, and he was, he was wanting some one of these game things. I don't even know what it was. You know, as grandparents in this day and age, and sometimes you have to have somebody explain to you what it is they're asking for. Just point me in the right direction and tell me what it is I'm after, you know, when I used to go into Toys R Us. And, uh, and so uh, his dad, his mom said, well, why don't you just believe God for that? So he did. He took it to the Lord. And he was believing God for it. And he was thanking God. He asked the Lord for it. He started thanking God that he had this thing. And you know, it wasn't too long. Somebody gave him one. You know, there's a place to start. You know, we should be helping them learn those kind of principles and see that kind of success early in life. Early. You know, I, uh, I look back now and, and, I, and I think nobody ever educated my parents on how to raise kids. They never told them that there was a plan, that God had things, and that he would enable them to be the kind of parents they needed to be and to do the kind of things they needed to do and be aware of the kind of things they needed to be aware of. Nobody told them. And so consequently, you know, they, have, they had four children all together and two of them are in heaven today. Um, you know, went to heaven at young ages. You know, I, you know, I made some major mistakes in my life as a, as a teenager, you know, but God turned it around, you know, and then my sister, my sister we're still working on, <laughs> you know, but nobody told them. Her life could be so different if somebody had told them what they could believe him for. Their whole thing was, you know, well, train up a child the way they should go when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Well, it was kind of, there's a space in there that, that the, the church world has come to, to think that it means that train them up, put the word in them. You know, they're going to run off and sow their wild seed, their wild oats, whatever wildness you want. But one day, when they're old, they'll come back. No, what he meant by that was train them up in the way of the Lord. And when they get to a place, they can make their own decisions. They won't leave the plan of God for their lives. That's what that means. Nobody told them that. So for them, they were getting what this, this minister that I saw on TV, heard on TV, what, well, you know, you do the best you can, you know, and hope for the best. You know, you, you do all you can, and, well, you know, the potential will be greater, the probability will be higher that, you know, it, it'll be all right, and they'll, they'll turn out okay eventually. That is not God's plan. That has never been God's plan. Don't, don't accept that as God's plan. It's not God's plan. So, consistent, this is when we're talking naturally, consistent, uncompromised, Holy Ghost parenting is required. Consistent. Do you hear me? Consistent. That means if I told you that this is wrong today, it's still wrong tomorrow. If I told you don't do this today, it's st I still don't mean don't do that tomorrow. My, my oldest son, when he was graduating from high school, he was just a few days shy of graduating. Somebody said, well, I guess this means you're too old for your mama to spank anymore. He goes, don't bother telling mama that. Because there had been a consistency developed in his life. 
that he knew that, you know, you stay on the straight and narrow or there were consequences to pay. Uncompromised. Do not compromise with what your children cry about, whine about, throw a tantrum about, pout about, or anything else. When you say no, it's no. In my house, if one of them came to, to one parent and asked could they do something, and they were told no, and they waited a little while till that parent was out of the room, and they went to the other parent, he goes, can I do And they would say, well, okay, I guess this. And then the first parent would come back and say, I already told him no. Do you know what happened? Oh, man, they were in trouble. Hot, hot trouble. Really hot trouble. You know, when one parent says no, that means the answer is no. You don't play parents one against another. You have to, you have to get to a place where you're not going to compromise. When you take a stand with your children, you say, this is the way this is going to be. You do not waver. Like a tree planted by the river, I shall not be moved. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of stand you have to take as a parent. I will not be moved. I remember PG used to come to me and he used to say, Mommy, 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 I love you, 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 I love you. so sweet, Mommy, I love you, I love you. Can I have a cookie now? Because I already said no cookies. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, you have to take a stand. You have to be uncompromising about it. Listen, as your children get older, and I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit, but um, maybe, I'll, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'll come back to it. Okay, I will, I'll come back to it. Okay, number one, I want you to do these things. I want you to educate yourself in the Word when it comes to your children. Educate yourself about the, what the Word says is your expectation. What, is the, what are the promises that God has given you in his word about your children? Then you find out what his word says about how you raise your children. And then you come to, then you come to a place where you begin to find out what he says to pray about them. There are places where you can find out how you are to parent them in the word, how you are to respond to them. 1 Peter 2.9 says that they're a chosen generation. See, we, we read that in 1 Peter 2.9, and we think, yeah, I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. Yes, you Listen, that applies to your children as well. They're a chosen generation. God has chosen them. They're a royal priesthood. They're a holy nation. They're a purchased people. Psalm 127.3 says, your children are a heritage from the Lord. I went and I looked that up in my 26 translations, and several of them say this. Uh, one of them said that they're a legacy from the Lord. Another one said they're his reward. Another one says they're a gift of the eternal. They're a gift of the eternal. So educate yourself. Find out what the word has to say. Don't assume you know. You go look it up. You find yourself some scriptures and you put them out. Those scriptures may change as their ages change. There may be things that you have to, you have to do right for when they're this age that, then, that may take a little less prominence when they get older and something, another part takes, a, takes its place of prominence. There's, there's changing that goes along with their different ages. There's changes as you adapt to the, their, grow, their growing, you know, in, in natural things and all that. There are things that you will need to know, things you will need to do, but there are foundational things that you never move away from. Hallelujah. Number two, 
Pray for yourself as a parent. Pray. What do you need to pray for? Patience. Oh, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Remember that. If your little ones were not trying your, your faith, you would not be gaining patience. But you know what? They, they're little flesh people, and they need to, along the line, learn what it's like to have to deal with their flesh. You do them no favors, and I am ahead of myself, you do them no favors when you allow them to let the flesh, their flesh rule and dominate them. You're not helping them. You are not. You need grace. What is grace? Supernatural ability. And there are times you're going to need that grace. You're going to need wisdom. You know, I, I go back to what Solomon said, you know, when, when he went to the Lord. And I just Second Chronicles 1.10, you can write that down, look at it later. He said, give me now wisdom. This is something we should say as soon as we know that there's a child on the way. And then when they're born, Lord, give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? This little baby that has just been handed to me, I look at this baby as something so great in the eyes of God. I have no idea yet at this moment, maybe what his destiny or her destiny is, the plan that God has for them. But Father, I know you do, and I will pray it out. And along the way, Father, you give me wisdom, give me the knowledge that I need to judge this people, to raise them, to deal with them, to to to, to guide them in all their paths. Father, give me that. Help me. Solomon was looking at a huge bunch of people, the nation of Israel. But you know what? It's just as necessary for a nation of one as it was for a nation of millions. You will not succeed as a parent without God's wisdom and God's knowledge. But he will be happy to give it to you. 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, we look at this and we think about sometimes it's in relationships with other people. But love is patient. Love is kind. Love endures long. You know, there are times when you just have to go back to the Word and just remind yourself those days when it just seems like, this is just overwhelming. I don't know if I can do this. I just, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love endures long. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. Then you go to Philippians 4.13. What do you pray? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are things sometimes we don't look at, these scriptures, in view of the parenting that we must do. But they're great scriptures to use for your parenting. I can do all things. When it seems hard, when it seems tough, when you don't know where to turn, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 1.6 says, He who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You look at that child sometimes and say, He who has begun a good work in you, and I'm helping him continue it, he will perform it. He will perform it because I'm doing my job as a parent. John 16.12 said, he's talking about the Holy Ghost, said he, the Spirit of truth, will lead and guide you. How do people parent without the aid of the Holy Ghost? I don't know. Then I found Daniel 247. Talking about God, about the Spirit. He's a revealer of secrets. 
Let me tell you, as a parent, there are times when you need him to be the revealer of secrets. You need him to, I, I was, Kendra and I were, were comparing notes today and, and uh, you know, I remember a time when Steve had, he was in high school, he was driving and he was supposed to be coming to the beach with us uh, on vacation that year. He was going to be just a couple of days late. He was working a small part-time job at the time and so he was going to come a little, little bit late and he was supposed to be home on this Tuesday night and... I called, and I got no answer. It's the day before the day of cell phones, you know. And so I got no answer, and I'm thinking, well, where is he? Well, you know, you know some time went by, and so when he came to the beach, you know, then I said, I called the house Tuesday night, and you weren't there. Well, I was, I was, I don't remember now what he told me he was doing. So I went, hmm, chalk that one up. See, these are little things you don't let go, especially when they're teenagers. When things don't add up, there's a reason they don't add up. And so a little time goes by, you know, and, and little things, you know, other little things kind of keep coming. And I finally sat him down one night and I said, what's going on? I, I need to know what's going on. See, the Holy Ghost, he won't tell you exactly maybe what it is, but he'll tell you something's wrong. Start looking. Start delving into it. Start investigating. And so, you know, he hung his head and he said, yeah, said he'd gotten a ticket. And, but don't worry, you know, this is like the Geico commercial right now. <laughs> don't worry, I've already called my, our insurance agent, and I've already talked to him, and, 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 I, and I went to driving school. That was where I was that night. And so I've taken driver, that driving course, you know, to get points off of my record. And I went, hmm, okay, all right, let me tell you, I don't appreciate that. Number one, then the next time the questionnaire comes around, it's that renewal time, and I could have, and they asked the question about has there been any, any uh, violations, any traffic violations, I would have answered no, and I would have lied on that because you didn't tell me about it. You didn't tell us about it. So here's the deal. I appreciate the fact that you called the insurance company. I appreciate you talked to our insurance agent. I appreciate the fact that you went and took that driving course so the points wouldn't be on your record. But here's the kicker. From this day forward... You will not get another ticket as long as you live in this house. As long as that car is in our name, I mean, I know you're paying half and we're paying half, but as long as that car is still in our name, you will not have another ticket. If you do, that car will either sit under this carport or that car will be sold. And if you don't believe me, you try it. And he goes, yes, ma'am, I believe you. The revealer of secrets when your child is somewhere they, ha they have no business being. I remember a parent sitting back here that I can look at right now who told me a story about they just got prompted to get in the car and go check and see if their child was where they were supposed to be. Wasn't. The revealer of secrets will help you. Don't ignore him when he's trying to tell you something. You start investigating. You may not know something. You may only sense something's not right. Something is not right, something is not right, and I'm going to find out what it is. Father, you just, you direct my paths here, and we're going to find this out. Your children need you to do that. They need you to do that. They need to know they can't get away with stuff because the Holy Ghost is a tattletale. And he will help mamas and dads to find out things that they need to know. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 1, 11. We need to pray this for ourselves as parents, that we're strengthened with his might. 
We're strengthened with all might. In Nehemiah 8.10, sometimes, you know, those little blessings, they don't seem to be blessings. Sometimes you want to lay hands on them, but not necessarily in a good way. Not to bless them. But you have to remember, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You have to, you have to, you have to do sometimes like Jesus did. You know, he looked forward. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Well, the joy set before you is the ultimate goal of children who love and serve God. You need sometimes, you're going to have to look past what's going on right here, and you need to look down the road to what's set before you. There's a promise set before you that your children will serve the Lord all the days of their life. Not just the end parts of their life, but all the days of their life. Hallelujah. You need to pray that you remain sensitive to the leading of that Holy Ghost. Remain sensitive to it. You know, as, as kids get older and they're getting this teenager, sometimes they get in this little moody thing, and we think, well, it's just, he's just being a teenager. No, you don't assume that. The enemy may be mounting a major attack on their mind and on their emotions. You need to be sensitive in those areas to what is. I know somebody who her daughter was, was constantly being, it was just like, you know, night and day. One, one minute she's happy, the next minute she's not, you know, and just moody about everything and just flies off the handle and all these different things. And she just chalked it up to just being a teenager. Come to find out later that she had developed a bipolar disorder that had it been dealt with when she was young, she might not be dealing with it today. Do not ignore the things that the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you that there's something there you need to be praying about. You know, if, that, if, if he reveals it to you, you start taking your authority as a parent over that thing. You start taking your authority. I mean, we've just heard three testimonies tonight about how it works. It does work, folks. It does work. How about this? Be objective about your children. Never take the position, oh, my kid would never do that. There are people who do that. And they can never see that their child needs some help. You know, spiritual help, physical help. They, they, they need to be stopped what, they, what they're doing. Because they take the position that, you know, that's, it's not a big deal. Oh, my kid, oh, no, that's never going to be a problem. Oh, no. There was, there was a, some, a teenage young man in the church here a number of years ago. It wasn't too long after PG came on staff. And, and PG had been praying for him. And in fact, I believe he had done a little investigating of his own. And he had, he had done some investigating, natural investigating. And he knew, without a shadow of a doubt, this young man had gotten into drugs. Somebody here in the church. So he went to their parents, and he said, I need to talk to you. And this is another point at which I was going to get to, but we just kind of incorporated it all. He went to the parents, and he said, I need you to know that so-and-so has gotten involved with the wrong people, and he's doing drugs. Oh, no, he's not. No, he would never do such a thing. He tried to convince them this was a problem, and they got mad at him for daring to say such a thing. He's gone to, to the parents of young ladies and said, your daughter is having a problem. She can't keep her, her 
sexuality to herself. I'll just put it that way. And, oh, not my daughter. You're just imagining that. It's funny, half the church could see it. But they couldn't. If you're not going to be open to the Holy Ghost talking to you about things that are issues, if you won't admit and see that there's an issue, you'll never be able to deal with it. And if you're not able to deal with it, you're letting your child just go headlong down the wrong path. That young man that I was talking about, that Pastor Greg went to his parents about the drug problem, ended up having a serious drug problem, some serious life issues. There's been more than one, you know, and as far as I know, he may still have, have issues with that. Um, and, and I'll just I'll skip down to this, this one. Look to qualified people for godly counsel where your kids are concerned and take it. They actually do know what they're talking about sometimes. You know, sometimes we as parents, we don't see something. Not because we, sometimes it's not because we don't want to see it. We just, we just, we just don't see it, you know. You, you watch your kids every single day. It's just kind of an example. You watch your kids every single day as they're, as they're, as they're growing up, and you don't notice how much they've grown. But somebody else will come along that hasn't seen them in three months and go, my goodness, how much you've grown. And you weren't even aware of it at all. That's how things can happen is that we, we won't notice it because it just is so subtle and it's so slow to crop up and we just don't see it. There's somebody who can help you. The Holy Ghost may say to you, you need to go talk to so-and-so about, about this. Maybe they have a perspective you don't have. And, when the, and if you do, or if they have to come to you, like PG does a lot of times with parents of teenagers, Please know that if God sent him to talk to you, there's something that needs to be talked about. There's something you need to be aware of. Don't stick your head in the sand and say, oh, that's not possible. No, no. What it should do is it should make you run quickly to your prayer closet and say, God, show me. Show me what to do. Show me how to handle this. Show me. You know, our, our old pastor that, that married us all those years ago, he, had some, he said something one time that I will never have never forgotten, and I think it's so true. He said, everybody should trade children because everybody knows what everybody else's kids need. <laughs> and that's true. Sometimes we just can't see it, but other people can. Sometimes it's a minor thing. Sometimes it's major things that will affect the rest of their lives if it's not dealt with when they're young. So when a godly person, a godly qualified person comes to you in love, I mean, I, I know pastors talked about these ladies at, at the church when he was growing up. He goes, I'm praying for you. That's not quite the spirit we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who honestly is concerned and has a great love for for your family, and wants to make sure that that child has the very best opportunity possible to be, to be just in line with the Word of God. So if somebody comes to you, listen to what they have to say. If you're struggling, 
go find somebody who's qualified to bounce some things off of, talk to them, and be willing to listen to what they have to say. Tell them, and really mean it, that you want them to be honest with you about anything that they might see that needs, needs some help, needs some change, needs some adjusting. Hallelujah. Um, be an encourager as a parent. Be an encourager, a teacher, and a mentor, but never be an enabler. Never. You know, we, we need to make sure that as parents that we understand our role, that we know the rules of the game, that we know the instructions of the game, and that we hold our children accountable for their wrongdoing. We need to hold them accountable. Don't just pass it off. You know, I mean, many times my, our kids came to us, you know, and, or we came to them and we had to discipline them for one thing or another. What you need to do, and discipline is love. Discipline done right is love. Discipline done wrong is abuse. Discipline done right is love because you want them to change what they need to change and to correct what needs to be corrected. I know somebody who, who was telling me that their mother used to say to them all the time, you're not being as good as I know you are. See, that's a, that's a way to say you've not been doing what you should have been doing, but I still believe you're good. I believe there's goodness in you. You need to be an encourager. You need to be that teacher. You need to be that mentor in your life. But don't be an enabler. Don't. I had a conversation with someone today, you know, about, about some issues they were having with children. And I said, when are you going to make, because they're adults now, that these children are adults, when are you going to make them take responsibility for their own lives? And they said to me, and they gave me this whole list of reasons why they couldn't do that and wouldn't do that. You're not helping them. You're putting off the inevitable. Listen, better they should face the consequences from you than from this world. There are people in jail today because their parents did not make them take responsibility for their actions. There are people who are dead today because their parents did not make them take responsibility for their decisions, their actions. Don't fall into that trap. People say, well, it's hard. It might be hard, but it is necessary. It is necessary. Hallelujah. Um, recognize, as your children, you know, they, they do this when they're very young, but recognize when you are being played. They play you from the time they're born. Ah, somebody picks me up. Ah, somebody picks me up. Ah, somebody, I know how to do this. Yes. My child was six weeks old. He's screaming in the middle of the night. I pick him up, he hushes. I put him down, he screams. His father wakes up and says, is he hungry? I said, no. Is he, does he need a diaper change? No. Put him down. He'll cry. Let him cry. He cried a few minutes. He went to sleep. He never did that again. That was easy because he was young. Listen, as they get older, they will do more and more about that kind of stuff. They become master manipulators at an early age. I'm telling you, they do. 
I want what I want, so I'm going to throw a tantrum. If you don't deal with that tantrum when they're three, what are you going to have to deal with when they're 13? I'm here to tell you, what you don't deal with when they're young, you will reap when they are older. And you will have some terrible teenage years to endure. Don't do that. Your children should become a joy for other people to be around. Not like, oh my heavens, here comes the so-and-so family with their kids. Oh no. I remember a family years ago that I said, do not invite them to our house again if they bring their kids. The last time they were here, they practically tore my house up. And that was before I learned that you in my house, you mine. If their pa- your parents won't make you mind, I will take over. But I don't owe anybody anything when it comes to your children being in my house and destroying it. I don't owe you that. So if you don't want to be friends with me, that's fine. You take your children and go home. It's all right. But you're not going to walk all over my furniture. You're not going to tear down the wallpaper in the kitchen. You're not going to throw things everywhere. No, no, you're mine. If the parent won't handle it, you know, I will. And I've done that many times. Those people didn't get invited back if their children were along. They are master manipulators, I'm telling you. When they get to be teenagers and they really get into a place where they really don't want to come to church, what they can do sometimes is on the way home from church one service, they'll say, well, you know, pastor was saying so-and-so about this. And I've heard parents come back to me and say, this is what, this is the conversation we had in the car on the way home. I guess they really are listening. And I'm thinking, they're using you, honey. They're feeding you a line to make you think that they're interested in the things of God just to keep you off their back. I've been around a long time. You think, oh, not mine. See? Don't do that. Don't think my child's not capable of that. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You need to be getting a good dose of reality when it comes to, okay, this is how I expect you to behave, and if you're not behaving this way, don't give me anything. Don't, don't, don't give me a story. Don't give me a line. Don't try to get out of me what you want when I've already said no. When, when I've put my foot down and said, we are going to church, don't you come back with anything else. I don't feel good. Well, great, let's take you to church and get you prayed for. Hallelujah. Well, I've got homework. You should have done it already. It's okay. You can do it when you get home. Yeah, but I'll be up so late. Too bad. You'll, have to, you'll just have to go to school tired tomorrow. That's, that was never an excuse at my house. No. Because that's the only way to get out of doing what they, their flesh doesn't want to do. Don't let them play you. Amen. Hallelujah. Questions are not going to happen tonight. I'm so sorry. Um, here, let me just end it with this. Don't beat yourself up when you make mistakes as a parent. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect children. We all learn by doing. We all learn, you know, just to move on. Just, you know, if you need to say I'm sorry to a child, say I'm sorry. Has anybody but me ever disciplined when they were angry? You better raise your hand. Get them up. You know, if you need to go back and say I'm sorry... I don't apologize for the fact that you needed disciplining. I apologize for the way I did it. See, don't apologize without, without defining what you're apologizing for if you need to apologize to your child.
You define the fact that, yes, you needed to be disciplined over this, but I should have done that in a different way. I should have taken a little extra time and gotten over being upset about it, and then we sit down. Understand that different children will need to be dealt with in different ways. You know, for one person, a spanking, it's like that, 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 that takes care of it. For another one, it doesn't phase them. I mean, I have, a sister, I have an older sister, and, and you know, we were growing up, we'd get in trouble, and, you know, Mama would sit us both in the corner, and, and she would get over there and just cry and boo-hoo and go on and on and on about this. And I'm over here just playing. I, you know, I'm just occupied myself, you know. It's like, okay, whatever. I was a pretty good kid. I don't remember being a terrible teenager, but then again... My mother's not here for me to ask or for her to tell on me. So anyway, but don't, make, don't, don't beat yourself up. You know, just say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to not make the same mistake again. You know, your, your children will understand one day. You know, it's amazing to me how the grace of God just covers me as a parent and covers my children with all the mistakes I've made in parenting. And they don't remember half of what I remember about the mistakes I made. That's just the grace of God. It really is. So don't beat yourself up. If you need to repent before God, you repent. If you need to repent before your children, go to them and and repent. You know, but just take it and go on. Don't let the enemy just, just get you off track by saying you're a horrible parent. No, I'm a parent who knows how to hear God. I'm a parent who loves my children. I'm a parent who expects the best for my my child. I'm a parent who wants the best. I want my child to go further, to have more, to do more, to see more, to experience more in the things of God. That's what I am. I'm a parent who's trying to do the right thing all the time. And though I may make a mistake now and then, my God will take care of the mistakes. He will take care. He'll smooth it over. He'll do whatever needs to be done, you know, and I can go on from here. Because here's the thing. I'm expecting this generation of parents to look to God like they've never looked to God before. I said this last week. The generation of children that's coming up today are under the biggest assault of any generation that has ever been on this planet. And we as parents need to take our place to be the parents that are greater than any generation of parents has ever been. Who's more in tune with the things of God than any generation has ever been because we've been given such revelation about the Word of God, about our authority, about the power of the Holy Ghost, and about what He can do for us and in us and through us. And we want to raise a generation that just goes light years beyond where we are in the things of God. And we're doing it. We're doing it. I believe there are people here who have children or will one day have children, you know, who will look to God in all things and in all ways so that they raise a generation that ushers in the very coming of the Lord. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I don't know if you've gotten anything out of these five weeks, you know, but um, it stirred me up, you know, that we need to not be complacent. 
about praying for our children, whether your child is, is of a great deal of many ages, you know, or whether they're very young, they need your prayers. You know, I want you to know that, that God's got a way. God's got instructions. God's got direction. God's got comfort. God's got joy. He's got grace. He's got ability. He's got wisdom. He's got knowledge. Just rely on him and ask him when you need those things. But I can't stress enough, you need to be Holy Ghost parents every single day. Don't let the enemy ever get a foothold in your child's life. You can put a stop to that. You can pray when they're older and they're adults that the eyes of their understanding are being enlightened. Someone asked me this question, the one question about how do you do, what do you do when somebody's, uh, they've got friends who are bad influences on them. You take authority over it, number one. If they're still underage and in your home, you cut that relationship off. And you verify that it's been cut off. If they're older, like they're over 18, then you start praying that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened, that they see what's happening, they see what the dead enemy's trying to do to them, and that they stop it on their own. There are scriptures everywhere, Old and New Testament, you can take, you can pray, you can stand on, you can say, that promise is mine. Amen. So, hallelujah. Uh, if you have any other questions, you know, you, you know, that you just need answered, you want to talk about, that's fine. You can find me or Pastor One. And uh, we're not experts, but we have raised two children. And they are successful, not because just us, but because the Word produces success. The things of God will produce success. And if there's any one thing that I gauge as success is that our children are grown with families of their own and all of them love God. That's how I gauge success. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.